even like you're saying, plan. If you don't plan that, like Sean just said, then it takes it back to what he told you in the beginning, which was if you're not planning to monetize first, you will never monetize. Go through the series again. Feel that you have the abilities and the knowledge now that you can download it into your brain from these do-it-yourself trainings, but understand you don't need to go it alone. And we're here to make it happen with you together. Anyone that's done a lot of really amazing things, generally speaking, they're not doing it all by themselves. They need the help. And it pays to have the right talent and help on the team, which is why it would be a very wonderful and wise investment if you'd like to work with Sean and myself. Sign up today at createlaunchmonetize.com forward slash go. Welcome to Life Transformation Radio. This show is all about life transformations and our journey from where we were to why we are doing what we are doing today. We will discuss the hiccups, the roller coasters, and the blood, sweat, and tears that has been poured out while discovering our purpose. It is all about our transformation. Here is your host, Sean Douglas. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to another episode of Life Transformation Radio. I am your host, Master Resilience Implementer, TEDx Speaker, Business Positioning Strategist, and International Bestselling Author, Sean Douglas. This show is currently heard in over 90 countries. So whether it's your first time joining us or you've been listening to us for some time, I want to thank you to those who are listening from around the world. Life Transformation Radio is all about our transformation. Here, we tell the stories of why we're doing what we're doing, highlighting that transformational moment that changed our lives and how we use it to then transform others and elevate their lives as well. You can listen to us live right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, Tuesday through Friday, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Join our Facebook group at Life Transformation Radio Community, right there on Facebook, where we interact with the guests, entertain, debates, talks about the episodes, and you can also subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. Life Transformation Radio can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spreaker, Spotify, Radio Public, Overcast, Google Podcasts, and we're available on Pandora, our YouTube channel, which is Life Transformation Radio as well. Go ahead and search on YouTube for Life Transformation Radio and subscribe on that platform. On the show, my guests are entrepreneurs, speakers, business owners, coaches, podcasters, authors, Amazing human beings that are impacting the world around them. And my guest today does exactly that. If you have any questions for any of the guests that I bring on the show during our live broadcast, go ahead and give us a call at 657-383-1109. Again, the number is 657-383-1109. And with that, please help me welcome to the show my guest for today, Darren Bibaugh. Darren, welcome to Life Transformation Radio. Thank you, Sean. I'm excited to be on the show. Man, I hope I didn't butcher your name. It's kind of it's kind of one of those ones where it's like, oh, it's definitely like from where you're from, uh, type of last name, man. Um, I just don't want to butcher you the did name. All, it's Bebo, but you know the problem is when people Bebo. read it, they overthink it. So if you just right. say it fast, it just slides by everyone, and you're good. <laughs> Love it, man. Love it. 
So how you doing, man? It's it's been kind of a crazy 2020. I know, man. It's been really crazy. I've been doing well, you know. I mean, my company's doing well. My family's doing well. Um, obviously, the Good. country cu- country's a little bit of a shambles in certain places, but uh, yeah, overall, I'm I'm very thankful. Yeah. Awesome, man. Great to hear it. The title of this episode is A Warrior's Tactical Tactical Guide to Success with Military Veteran Darren Bebo. Darren was born and raised in Plattsburgh, New York. He joined the Coast Guard in 1994 with recruit company Delta 144. His first assignment was Coast Guard Cutter Spencer out of Boston. During his time with the Coast Guard, he served as a special operator and then a private government contractor all over the world. He has been in operations on the high seas and remote areas around the globe, including places he never wants to go back to. Since then, he has made his transition into the civilian world and now runs and owns successful American manufacturing companies, most notably National Chimney Natural Light Energy Systems. He has nine factories and over 300 employees. Darren also owns a couple CrossFits. Exercise is part of his life. Today, Darren spends his extra time as a motivational speaker, business consultant, and promoting his new book, Back to Bulletproof, A Warrior's Tactical Guide to Success. He strives to help others, especially veterans, on their road to professional and personal success. With his motto, hashtag everyday GSD, which is everyday get shit done, you will quickly learn that Darren lives by the work hard, play hard rule and has no room in his life for excuses. And although his accomplishments are ever-growing, he still manages to share how his life experiences have shaped his career. You can go to his website, either one, nationalchimney.com or darrenbebo.com. It's right there in the show notes. Click on those. His Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter links are right there in the show notes. Click on those. Go to your favorite social media platform, friend request them, letting them know that you listened to this episode of Life Transformation Radio. Darren, my first question for you, and I believe is the most important question you could ever ask yourself or be asked, is why. Why do you do what you do? Well, Sean, you know, it's funny because I always say I don't really like that question, but I actually love that question because I think why I do what I do is because I love the people around me and I want people to be able to excel at anything they do, whatever that is, whether that's, you know, growing a family, running a business, joining the military, retiring from the military, being the best operator they can be at a, at a company or trying to just succeed at life, whatever, whatever they want to do. If I can motivate them or help them get to that point, then I feel like it, it was a success for me. Got it. Got it. So you derive your success from the success of others. Yeah. I'm, I'm, fortunately, Sean, I'm in a good position in life where I've had a lot of uh, experience that has put me in the place I'm at right now. And it's allowed me to be able to take the time to reflect on what I've done in life and how I can share my experiences. Hence why I wrote the book but um, share the experiences that I've had growing up and working and doing the things I've done. And then hopefully the time, the free time I have because of that is allows me to 
help others or motivate others or just bounce ideas off of each other. And, you know, when someone has a question for me, I mean, there's, there's no bad questions, right? I think, you know, you being a military person as well, we always say there's no stupid questions, even though we laugh and say, you know, there are stupid questions, but (laughs) if it's not, if it's something I don't know the answer to, I mean, I'm not an expert, right? What I, what I like to say is I can find the answer. I can direct you to the right, right direction. And uh, it, it just, it feels good. You know, I, I, I'm very fortunate. I have a, I'm happily married. I have a lovely wife and um, she kicks ass every day. She does. And together we, um, we just enjoy having a good time. We work hard and we play hard. Love it. Absolutely love it, man. And that is a great way to live. I do the same thing. My wife and I, you know, we always want to play full out whether we're pranking each other or we're taking road trips or whatever we're doing, you just always try to make it the best that it can be. You know, it, it, even, even when things go bad, I mean, we've been on a couple of road trips where, you know, the gas station that we hit on the way there during the day is actually closed at night. And you're like, ah, crap. Like we already, we already looked at everything. We already, uh, we already planned, you know, and then, you know, we get up to that moment and you're like, ah, oh, come on, like, come on. So we make the best of everything. And I think that's what that means, man. Work hard, play hard, like you bust your butt, but at the same time, man, just enjoy everything that life has to offer. Yeah. Because like when you get to that gas station and it's closed, you can sit there and complain and sleep in your car and do nothing and just be annoyed and then start arguing with your partner. And then the next day you're already a day behind, or you can go, you know what? We have an opportunity. We have another day here and uh, let's have some fun. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I got the, the theme of the show is transformation. And we've all been through many transformations, whether it be from the time that we became an adult, to joining the military, to transitioning out of the military, building businesses, there's always these transformative moments. What has been your transformative moment that really impacted you? It changed your life, which then puts you on the path to what you're doing today. Well, you know, it's almost a loaded question because I feel like, as you said, there's, there's, there's several things in your life that, you know, that you come across that, that, change your life. But, you know, I, I'm going to go back to when I was younger and I decided to go in the military. And, and the day that I made that decision and got off the bus in Cape May, New Jersey for boot camp, that was a pivotal point in my life. That allowed me to realize my life just changed. Um, and at that point, I don't think I knew what that really meant. But because of that, it compounded into many changes down the road as I stayed in the military for several years and then multiple changes continue to happen. But I would say if I had to pick one pivotal point in my life, it's getting off that bus in boot camp. That seems to be right around the time that I understood that my life was about to change. <laughs> like, yeah, right? like you just get off the bus. You're like, what the hell did I do? Cause you know, everybody's like, Oh man, I can't wait till you get in. I don't know how to hold my bag. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> right? Pick them up, put them down. 
Yeah. And, you know, I think it's funny that that's the moment that you chose because I grew up in a way that people were like, man, I can't wait for you to go in the military, man. You're, oh, man, you're going to come out changed. You're going to come out, uh, you know, a different person because, man, the guy that you're going in, man, well, I, I don't know. I don't think I was that bad as a kid, but, you know, my whole family's like, man, I can't wait till they see you, you know. But then I was a drill instructor for Air Force basic training, and then I, I, I mean, I thought I was, you know, pretty hard. I, mean, I had people crying, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, come on, it's not that bad. Like we had people crying; it was crazy. And I, uh, and, and we had battlefield airmen, like in my unit, we had battlefield airmen. So we taught like the PJs and Tac P's and pararescues and guys who were coming in specifically to become like like spec ops, right? Special operators yeah. and things right. like that, right? So. It was just, it was just so crazy that I was like, "Yep, you need the military." Because I would expect my family to go, "You know, the military would be great for you. You're gonna be great. It's you're gonna have a wonderful time." I didn't get that. It was, "Oh man, I can't wait till they meet you." Like, <laughs> yeah, I think, that's what I, think I got I, at eighteen. My parents and friends said the same thing to me. I'm pretty sure. And I remember my mom. She said, "Whatever you do, don't lose that smile." Well, I, I didn't lose a smile the first day or two. And then I kept having to do more push-ups and getting yelled at, telling me, wipe that stupid smile off my face. What's so funny? And nothing was funny. I was scared shitless, obviously. Um, but, you know, you end up getting that smile back. It just takes a little time. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. So you, so you join the military. You've been all over the world. And then you get out and you start building businesses. I'm really curious, and I kind of already know the answer to this because we kind of had this conversation before, but of all the businesses that you could have created, you created National Chimney. What sparked that? What was that road like coming out of the military and then building the companies that you have now? Well, you know, I always I say this in my book, too. It, it's When a door mm-hmm. opens, you got to go through it, right? So I, had an, I, I left the military, and I was a government contractor overseas. Um, I was in Southeastern Asia for a few years um, doing some pretty fun stuff um, in some pretty shitty places. And I actually ended up coming back to Vermont and I ended up meeting Marty Fuller, who was the guy that actually founded National Chimney, who also randomly was went to the Coast Guard Academy. So I was introduced to him. Yeah. And at that time, it was a real small company. So um, I had an opportunity and I had a decision. Was I going to go back overseas or did I want to take this opportunity? And at that time, I said, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity. And I think there was like maybe eight or ten employees. Don't quote me on that. And um, I decided, I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity because if I don't like it in a few months, I can always jump another contract. Because that's when contracting was paying really good money. And there was a lot, mm-hmm. of, uh, a lot of stuff going on where they were needing contractors, as you can imagine, right? So, um I had the opportunity, I took it, and then I just ran with it. And then I took what I learned in the military and brought it into the company and then just started growing the company. And then um, we grew it more and more, bought some companies, we, um, we expanded, we put more product lines into our uh, portfolio, and, uh, and that's where we are today. You know, Like you, like you mentioned at the beginning, my bio, I've got about 300 employees. We have about nine factories around the country. We're a hundred percent U.S. manufacturer, and um, yeah, I'm very thankful, very thankful for all my hardworking employees. Because if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be in the position I'm at now, doing the other fun stuff I like to do, like public speaking, motivational speaking, business consulting, and uh, writing the book. 
Love it. What made you decide to write the book? You know, I actually, you, you know, Dom, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I was at, uh, I think it was in Shreveport when you were there, uh, we were talking and he was saying, he's like, when you do these events, does anyone ask you about a book? I was like, yeah, all the time, but I've never, I've never written a book. I wasn't the best yeah. kid in English, you know? And uh, he's like, you really need to tell your story. You got a really good story. So fast forward to, I hooked up with this guy that was a, he wrote a couple books, but he was a ghost writer, but he also was a collaborative writer. And um, yeah, it worked out really well. So him and I would meet at night uh, via phone and we did it for about nine months, 10 months. And I gave him my story. I would write stuff down. He'd correct it and then put it in proper, uh, proper English for lack of a better word. And then he put the whole construction site together around my vision. And uh, that's how the book Back to Bulletproof was created. Love it. And it's a yeah. really good book, man. When I oh, first saw it, I was like, man, this thing's big. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's an easy read, right? So the guy that helped me with it, his name's Robert Conlon, by the way. I need to give him a shout out. He's an awesome guy, lives up in Maine. But um, yeah, you know what? When we started going through it, he's like, man, I don't even know how to end this. You keep telling me more and more stories. So that's why we had to kind of, we had to kind of simplify it, for lack of a better word. But as you know, working in the military, I had to make sure certain things were approved. So there's a lot of stuff yeah. I could have put in there that I wasn't allowed to. But um, we, right. we made it so it was an easy read, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and it's also on audio, too. So if you're a non-reader, you can listen to it. And I can tell you right now, I did the audio. It's my voice. And it was probably the most painful and humbling thing I've done ever it took me five days, and it, it, I can just tell you it was tough. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I looked at the book, I'm like, wow, this is, like, thick. I was like, oh, yo, man, this is going to take me a minute. And then I look, I'm like, oh, okay, so the size of the book's kind of, like, deceiving a little bit. You know, it's not right. really that long of a read. It's just the book is shorter in size which makes the pages smaller which means you can't fit a lot of words on a page which may, right but uh no it didn't take me long at all to get through it you know a couple of days and uh yeah i thought it was really great i got a shirt that says hashtag everyday gsd and i'll tell you man it, it's my go-to shirt i love it because uh my wife's like what are you doing like, like, like what are you doing right now i'm like i got shit to do like leave me alone i got shit to do <laughs> like, my thing. Yeah. like Come on, man. We got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. Let's go. I got shit to do. And so I'm out and about in different places and somebody goes, hey, what's what's GSD? Like, what's this? like get shit done. And they're like, oh, I love it. I love it. So I was telling like, go to this website, man. Like, you'll see the guy. You'll, you'll see who this is. So yeah, I'm always every, plugging you, you know, whenever somebody GSD. asks. <laughs> Everyday GSD. Yep. Everyday GSD. And it's like, I, I've said this for like ever. I was like, I got shit to do. And then your shirt came, and I was like, perfect. Like, this is perfect. So, yeah, it's like, what am I go-to? If I'm going somewhere, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm repping the shirt, man. So I appreciate you sending that to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate you repping it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you get out of the military. You take the, the job, and, and you got, the businesses are, are growing and scaling, and you're doing speaking. And how have you taken – that moment, that moment when you were joining the military, what you've learned, and you wrote the book, how have you taken those moments in life 
and elevated the world around you. What about, for example, if someone's going to read the book, you know, so, I mean, I absolutely was engulfed in this book, especially like midway through because it gets pretty deep. <laughs> like in some areas you go like pretty deep into, into some of it, uh, <laughs> which, which I de- definitely appreciate it. But when you're, when you're reading the book, A Warrior's Tactical Guide to Success, how does it elevate the world around you? I mean, I, I think it's an easy answer, but I think the, the, the real answer is read the book and then it'll elevate you. But the reason I named it Back to Bulletproof, A Warrior's Tactical Guide to Success, is because everyone has their best self in them. Either they were at that point one time in their life, or they have a vision to do the best they can, but they just haven't got there, right? But it's in you. So it, it, if you can read this book and it motivates you with my stories for you to get back to bulletproof, it's a play on words. Like it, it doesn't mean you're going to go and wear a bulletproof vest and get shot at and you're going to save yourself, mm-hmm. right? The, the point of it is to be bulletproof. And to be bulletproof, you need to be the best you can be, whatever that means, right? So I always tell people, you need to have core values, right? You have to have goals. You have to have dreams. You have to take these steps and then try to achieve them. And how do you do that? You got to get up every single day, no matter what, and take one step forward at whatever the goal you're trying to do. I was at a convention in, I believe, Atlanta, last year pre-COVID and I I talked about this on another podcast this guy came up to me and he said hey I wanted to tell you I uh, I heard you speak in I think it was Shreveport actually and he goes I heard you speak in Shreveport and you changed my life and I was like oh man that's awesome I mean what was the message you liked the best he goes when you came up on stage and the very first thing you said was everyday GSD get shit done don't make excuses because excuses there's no room for them so whatever your goals are, leave this room today and start trying to achieve that. And I looked at him and I was like, wow, that's awesome. He goes, but you didn't just change my life. I went home, I told my wife and I told my three kids the same thing. And now my kids get up every morning and they have, they have goals for the day. And I was just like, mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't believe, it. like inside I had a tear in my eye of joy but I'm sure my face was red because I was just so excited for this guy. But that, that things like that makes me so happy. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I like to speak about getting shit done. Part of speaking in those moments. That's my favorite part. It's my favorite part. Absolutely. And, and it's not like, it's fun being on stage. I love it. Right. And you're, you're sure. talking to everyone. Everyone's excited, whether they're clapping, they're writing notes, they're asking you questions. But my, my favorite part is when you leave and you're out in the lobby area or you're at the hotel bar mm-hmm. they come up to you and they start asking you more in depth questions or telling you what you just told them is going to, they're going to start it right away. They're going to change and do these things because people have it in them already. And, and I say this in my book, Hey, listen, I, I'm, I, I didn't, I don't, I don't have a master's degree in getting shit done, but I do have the willpower and the fortitude to go after what I want. And I think everyone does. And, and you shouldn't be held right. back because you think you can't do it. You have to have the mentality to say, you know what? I want to do it and I'm going to do it. And that's what's going to happen. Yeah, 100% agree. 
my favorite part is getting off the stage and you see the people coming, like they get up like with a purpose and they're coming to see you and their face. That's like, and and you see it in their face. You're like, Oh man, this person, hopefully I touched their heart in some way. And they're not getting up to tell me how bad I saw. Like there was one, I remember one time I was in um, Westchester, Pennsylvania, speaking at a conference called one life fully lived. It's amazing, amazing event. And the guy in the front row stands up, immediately stands up and comes over to me. And I was like, hey, I saw you kind of like pondering. And I saw that you like you were nodding, you know. And, and he says, no, I was searching for what the hell you were talking about. This did not resonate with me at all. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't even know what you were talking about. Like, really? Like, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm really sorry. Well, hopefully he went back to his hotel room or he went home that night and thought about it and something clicked, right? Because you're, you, you, and I always say when you go to these conventions or these events or any kind of um, opportunity that you have, when you're there and you, you leave there, did you have, did you have one thing that resonated in the whole conversation or when the person was on stage, you're up there for an hour, 45 minutes, did you learn anything? There's no way you can go to an event and not pick up like one little thing. There, like, what were you doing? In, in my opinion, of course. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he told me too. I was like, I was like, so, so. I mean, you didn't glean anything from it. There wasn't any of those moments. He's like, nope. I didn't learn anything, man. I was like, well, okay then. He was the only one out of out of a packed room. Like there was standing room only. I think there was a few hundred people there. Standing room only. Half the room gave me a standing ovation. I think the other one was like a sympathy ovation, but I mean, half the room immediately shot up. Like half the front, I mean, the first three, four rows, I mean, were like, like stood up, you know? And, uh, and, and, you know, everybody else kind of stood up because, oh, what the hell, you know? Ovation, (laughs) all that stuff, you know? And then people came to the front and they were like, oh my God, it was amazing. But that guy was the first one to let me know that I didn't learn anything and that, that <laughs> you know but everybody else like man that was amazing and oh it was so good and yeah that was a lot of content it was so great and i got so much from it and that's a, do you have a card do you have a business card man oh man i can't wait to tell my friends like they have to come see you speak that stuff makes me feel so good if i place where i was like well that guy didn't learn anything and that guy told me i sucked and that guy didn't you know didn't like my talk and i only paid attention to him I would have a very different experience than what I did experience when I embraced everybody else's affirmations right which I think is key key absolutely absolutely it's a hundred percent key and, and that individual who <clears throat> excuse me who told you he didn't learn anything or he just didn't get it he's the same person that says as a business owner oh I can't find good employees or as an employee, he's like, he's out there going, oh, my boss picks on me. My boss doesn't take care of me. He always wants me to do this or she wants me to do this. It's always everyone else's fault. Instead of looking in the mirror, looking in the mirror and saying, you know what? What do I have to do to take responsibility for my life? What do I right. have to yeah. do that's going to change the way I operate in everyday life? And, and the problem is a lot of people just don't do that. And, and fortunately, got guys like you that go around and other people as well, but go around 
and try to motivate people and say, listen, you, you got to change that mentality. And if you can change that mentality, your life will change. When you say like, what's my why? This is a perfect example of this guy. This guy's why is not a why. It's a whining. He's whining. He's complaining. Nothing is good. And, it, and so he sat through you talking for an hour. And believe me, I sat through one of your presentations. And I can tell you, I, you said 50% clapped when you talked when, in, in this particular scenario. When I was in the room with you, it was 100% audience approval. And maybe 99% of the audience was hardcore into it. And that other other percent, they just loved it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a great event. I was honored, you know, Dom messaged me and goes, Hey man, got an opportunity for you. And then I found out Colby K was coming. I was like, Oh, oh no kidding. Colby K and I spoke at an event in 2017, wow. 17 or 2018 or something like that. Uh, it was a podcast event and that's where I met him. I never, I never heard of this guy before and I got to hang out with them uh, in St. George, Utah for the Outliers Podcast Festival. And then, uh, you know, we kind of talked and built a relationship and then haven't heard from him in a while. And then I saw the the speaker lineup and I was like, this is going to be amazing. The speakers that are coming are just absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Dom is Dom is a powerhouse. Him and I have spoken at, a, at quite a few events together. Um, <laughs> I remember... Uh, at an event, there was some kids that were. T- it was a. It was a kid. It was a teenager event. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's that. But it was a teenager event, and it was supposed to be like you know high school kids and college kids and like what your life's gonna look like. But there were some kids clowning in the back, right? And he stopped his presentation, looked, and he goes, "Hey, boy!" <laughs> like it was so crazy. Straight military, you know. He's like, "Hey, I gave you the respect." You, you need to get me with the respect, you know? And he's like, this ain't a joke here. Your life isn't a joke. And he just focused on him and he just let him, he wasn't yelling, but he like, look, your life's not a joke. I don't think your life's a joke. I don't know what you're clowning about, but this, and, and he just, it made it part of his presentation, you know? And of course he went up to the kids afterwards and, and uh, man, it was just, it was absolutely, you know, it was so good, man. He's, he's such a, a great presenter. Yeah, he's definitely very fluid. He can he can change with the audience. I was just on his radio show. Uh, geez, I think it's nine sixty, the Patriot Think React Lead show. Um, yeah, it, it, it was a blast. I flew down to Arizona, and uh, he was looking for. He asked me. He goes, "Hey, just so you know, this is an in person show." I go, "Yeah, no, I'm fine. I got it. I'm not an idiot." And he goes, "Okay." He goes, "Because I've talked to a couple people, and they all want to do it remote, and because of COVID, I was like, no, you said it's an in person show. I mean, that means I have to physically be there." I already got my plane ticket. I'm going. He goes, okay, just making right. sure. And then when I got there, he was so funny. He was like, the first thing he said to me, because you wouldn't believe how people say, oh, yeah, man, I'll be on your show. Um, so how do I dial in? He's like, it's an in-person show. <laughs> uh, right? Yeah. Which, is, which, which might be kind of hard now because people were like, oh, it's you know, super, not, uh, not super flying hard. and all that. Yeah, I, was only, I, I took a picture and sent it to my wife. At the time, I feel like it was in June, maybe, June or July, but I was the only one on the plane. I had a mask on because <laughs> they told me to do one. I literally was on the I, – I had, like, my own private plane. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so yeah. funny. Very Yeah, surreal. I can't – man, I wonder how that works, though. Like, if you have an in-person radio show and your guests 
can't get to you because of social distancing. Like, I don't know. Do you even have a show? I, I mean, know. I think the show's doing pretty good. I think people are like, you know what? I want to be on the show. I'm going to make it. I made a commitment. I'm going to do it. You know, it's like anything. If yeah. you want to do something, you just figure it out. Make it happen. That's true. Yep. Yep. Absolutely, man. That's a good point. Yep. Either make excuses or make results, right? Yeah. And you know what? I don't have any time for excuses. There you go. Yeah. No, I, I ain't got time for that either, man. I, I, I got too much stuff to do, right? I got too much shit to do. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So what's next? So at, so the pandemic kind of, man, it, I mean, it ravaged some businesses. Uh, we, we've thrived, you know, in the pandemic. People are sitting down to write books. They're starting podcasts. I mean, just from March to now, you know, podcasts are well over 1.2 million. There's a 1.2 million podcasts. That's People crazy. are sitting down to build businesses. You know, they're out of work. I think that this was a blessing in disguise. There's a lot of people that go to work because they have to, not because they want to. They have to. They need money. They don't know how to start a business. They didn't go to college. Like for whatever reason, there's like, I have to have this job. This is like my life saver here. You know, I got a wife, got kids or whoever. But I think it's a blessing in disguise because now it gives people you're at, at home. Not so much now, but man, April, May, June. I mean, you're at home. You have no choice but to start the business, do some online courses, marketing, something. So what's yeah. next for you moving into the next part of 2020? Well, let me just go back to what you were just saying. because I, I really want to make a point on that. It, it's the hamster wheel, right? And so – you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that are stuck in a hamster wheel, and because of their situation, they really can't get out of it because of financial obligations or, um, you know, they just have a lot of uh, unfortunate situations that doesn't allow them to leave their situation. They might not be extremely unhappy with their situation, but they're just not in love with it. And then all of a sudden, the pandemic happened. So then it forces people to be like, you know what, I've got to make a change. So then you have to start thinking outside the box. What are you good at? What do you like to do? What's your passion? Where's your heart bringing you? And I feel like there's been a lot of people that have been able to make these changes. Um, and then because of that, we have the different, like you said, what is it? How many podcasts are out there now? A million? One, over 1.2 million available podcasts. Now, the number of podcasts that are actually still uploading episodes is more around four and a half, about 450,000, 430,000, uh, and growing. Uh, but there's a lot of podcasts, you know, at one time there were 700,000 podcasts, but only like 300 of those, 300,000 of those were ever uploading an episode. Because a right. lot of times people will start a podcast and by episode seven to 10, they've pod faded out. I don't want to do this anymore. It's really hard. I only have 500 listeners. I thought when I had a podcast, I'd have a million. I can't find sponsors. I'm going broke. I can't find guests. Like their systems are, are out of whack. So right. I think right now, I mean, I'd, I'd have to look at, um, at what Libsyn is calling it and what uh, Edison Research is saying. But last I checked, there was over 1.2 million available podcasts for you to listen to, but really 
episodes that are being uploaded um, within 90 days, because after 90 days, you've considered been pod faded. After six months to a year, you've pretty much like your show is nothing. Your show's done. Right. But I mean, the shows yeah. that are still uploading episodes are still about 450,000 around there, maybe just just around there, 450,000 to 500,000. We're hovering right around there that are actually uploading episodes and are active podcasts. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. So, so what's next for me? Um, you know, I, I enjoy doing the podcast. I, you know, like I enjoy being on a show with you. But I, I think my main goal right now, currently, is I want more people to get their my book in their hands, so it changes what they're the way they're thinking, changing the mentality that they have. If more people read the book, I think more people will grow and more people will everyday GSD, which in turn will get everyone just more active and people doing what they really want to do. Uh, my manufacturing companies are kicking ass right now, and that's because I've got an awesome team. I couldn't do it without my employees. I mentioned that earlier. Um, you know, my goal is to continue growing that. We're at a great growth curve. Uh, my CrossFit's. I've got an amazing CrossFit partner, Aaron Landis. And, you know, with COVID, obviously CrossFit took a big hit. But, um, oh, you know, yeah. He's, he's done a phenomenal job with Stacey Kroon. They've got, and they've got a podcast as well, ironically. But, um, yeah, these guys are, you know, they get after it every day. So what's next for me is to continue doing what I'm doing, but continuing to elevate that, to get the book out there more, try to get back on the road as soon as we can, try to get booked for more public speaking, you know, I love that. I enjoy being on stage and i um, probably going to start having to do more uh, remote speaking because that seems to be the trend right now. Um, oh, yeah. I, I enjoy being on stage. And like I said, talking to the people after. So when you do the remote speaking, you can't really do that. But um, but that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. I love it, man. Got to do the podcast, you know, get your message out. Virtual summits, I've done probably 12 virtual summits, you know, this year. It really got amped up April, May, June. I mean, I was on two to three summits a month. So I've done a bunch of those. But I'm always a guest on 60 podcasts a year anyways. You know, having a robust podcast schedule is really going to kind of fill the gaps, even if there's not a pandemic. Right. But it'll fill the gaps because they come out. They don't come out right away. Like this show is live. It's going to come out when we're done. Catches immediately. Some podcasts are a month or two months. I know guys who, you know, they're not, I mean, they're booked for guests all the way to November, but that show in November isn't even coming out until like February, March. You right. Know, I mean, they're so far out. So uh, that's why I do a show Tuesday through Friday so I can pump out more episodes and I can just have as many people on my show as I can. Uh, having a show once a week you know, you can only have, you know, conceivably 52 guests a year. So, you know, we I think this is episode 403, I believe, 403, 404. So we've done pretty well, man. And uh, I just, in the pandemic, you know, and everything that was closed down, it was like, man, they kind of had the show because I was still pumping out content. People were still listening to what we had to say. Uh, but we found a way. You know, we found a way with virtual summits and and different uh, online events and trainings, especially like online trainings. I was thinking, you know, the pandemic crushed 
the fitness industry, man. It just, I mean, it just strangled it. If I was a CrossFit business owner, I would have done, you know, maybe a Monday and a Wednesday or a Friday or Monday, Wednesday, something like um, education and CrossFit, you know, and said, hey, man, when we open back up, the first 10 new members that come in, we're going to have a deal for you. We're going to have something. We're going to have a, you know, whatever, right? But, uh, but I think it's a great opportunity. You know, even when people are shut down, they're all online. It's the best opportunity to educate. Some people think, oh, CrossFit. Oh, geez, here we go. I dunk CrossFit, man. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Workout. It is a crazy workout. We're doing like virtual training. So people would log in online. And then a lot of CrossFit yep. were sharing their equipment and letting people sign it out. So like their, their main, you know, their key customers that are, have been, you know, subscribing to them for a while or members for a while. So there, there's, you know, you've got to think outside the box with whatever business you're doing. You know, whether it's, you know, public speaking and doing virtual events, right? I mean, the, the most important thing is when something, when there's a crisis, how can you excel in it? How can you overcome whatever the, that issue is? You know, it's like when you're in the military, you know, when you run into a situation that wasn't part of the operational plan, you don't just go, oh, that, we didn't know that was going to happen. I guess we're all done. See you guys later. Sorry, <laughs> bad guys. You're like, oh, shit. Gotta go. We, yep. Instead, you're like, oh, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to overcome, we're going to adapt, and we're going to take on this mission like we need to take on. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. Right? So as we close the show, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just agreeing. I was like, yep, that's exactly what you do. Yep, have to. I mean, like you said, man, no excuses. Like, you got to keep moving. So as we close the show, I want to give a takeaway to the audience. If they didn't hear anything else, if they were cleaning the house, some people listen to podcasts while they're vacuuming, uh, it's background noise. If this is the moment that they tuned in, what do you want the listeners to know and understand about our conversation today? I think the most important thing I want them to learn or understand is define your core values, right? Write down your goals and your dreams and take that first step towards being back to bulletproof. Everyday GST, get shit done without any hesitation. If you just set up a plan, one small step at a time, and attack it, take that first step in everyday GSD. That would be my uh, my ending words. Love it. Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a pleasure to reconnect with you and to see how well you're doing in 2020, despite all the odds and everything that we've been faced up against, man. So, um you know, again, thank you for having me out at your event to speak at the event. It was amazing. I met amazing, amazing people. Uh, I don't know if you she got kids, right? I'm pretty sure you, you had kids, no, no, right? No children. Okay. No children. I know yeah. I was talking to somebody. It might have been one of the other guys, um, Jared or Josh or one of the one of the guys that that I was talking to in the back that that is in that, that was one of the organizers. I can't yeah. remember his name. Tommy. But I was like. Who? Tommy. Tommy. That's right. Tommy. Yep, yeah. Tommy. I, I I was talking to him. I was like, man, did that hockey player not make you feel like the worst parent ever? <laughs> like, oh, my goodness, right? Go, oh, go, my go, God. Go call, go call home right now. And I, I called my wife, 
and I know we're running out of time. I got to say this real quick. I called my wife and I asked her that question and uh, she gave me two answers. I was like, no. And she goes, what, is that the wrong answer? Said, well, there's no wrong answer. It's just not what I was like. Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Right. I asked my kids, I'm like, what's the most important thing in the world? Like, who's most important? They're like, we just spend an awful lot of time on the computer and on your podcast. And I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, oh, man. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And congratulations for being over 400 episodes. That's amazing, especially with all the podcasts out there and all the shows. You're kicking ass. And thank you for your service, brother. I appreciate everything you do. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. You too. Life Transformation Radio listeners, an amazing guest. Impact the world around him. If anything resonated with our conversation today on Life Transformation Radio, please reach out to him at nationalchimney.com and darren d-a-r-i-m-b-i-b-e-a-u.com and with that i close the show by saying live your brand find opportunities every day to live out the core values that you hold deep in your heart and i call this living your brand so until next episode live a great life